welcome to episode 44 of I Am The Knight and this week quite aptly we're looking at episode 49 of Batman the Animated Series which is also called I Am The Knight and it's for a very valid valid reason because as I said watching this episode this one got me right in the feels with me as always is the boy wonder to my dark fright my son the indubitable Adam Ray. Hello, mate. Always a pleasure to be back to talk about something truly emotional, a real deep dive into the psychology of Batman, because it's easy for us to just see that he's a tortured Avenger, but this is the one of the times where we actually just get to see how emotionally and psychologically tortured he is, and it makes total sense, but it's still a harrowing sort of thing to watch. It's harrowing, but... Like I said, it got me in the feels, but not because of the grim tortured but because it shows that he's human Hmm. and that to me is my favourite aspect of this character he makes us feel better about ourselves because we see that he too perfectly trained fantastic physical specimen the greatest mind on the planet has doubts he doubts himself he gets weary not just physically he said the body can heal itself but when the spirit is tired that's that's when you feel things and oh man I, I, I'm just really quite taken aback at his humanity and yet like with the physical battles like with the superhero battles we always talk about hmm. he gets knocked down and this time it's himself it's his own self esteem that knocks him down but he gets right back up again there was always a sense of conflict whenever he's having yeah. his big superhero battles I was going to say his big superhero battles where he's up against some great mystical or scientific force you are always your own worst enemy yeah. you can well always doubt Very and well be said. unsure and second guess yourself and when so many things were going against him in this regard in this episode he had his own rights to doubt and as uh, someone who's been through a lot of similar feelings I can pretty much safely say that a lot of what he was saying sounded like a lot of serious clinical cases of existential dread and depression mm. which is a not something you'd necessarily associate but makes total sense that he would suffer which makes me love the character even more that he can still do what he does through that well said yeah. absolutely because you see that he well, literally, he can go through the same kind of stuff that you or I go through and have been through. I mean, there's always been a time in anyone's life where they've been faced with a situation and they may have handled it a thousand times before you think that that 1,001st time is going to be the one that we think, oh, I can't do this anymore. And obviously, in having his best friend and closest confidant outside Alfred and Robin and Jim Gordon being affected by his... His uh, moral and personal weakness that he feels in this episode, that's when it really strikes home. And in fact, that could be the straw that broke the camel's back. It very well could have been, because I'm unsure how he would have emotionally recovered without Dick Grayson's intervention. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw very closely how how badly things could have gone if he wasn't there to get involved in the way he did. Yeah which would have set him further down the rabbit hole and we better not think about how badly that could have gone. 
Absolutely. I mean, but do you not think, though, that... I mean, again, this is so real. Like you said, we're our own worst enemies sometimes. I honestly think if he hadn't have turned up, even though he says he thinks he turned up late, whatever else, and Barbara keeps telling him he's wrong, Dick tells him he's wrong, Alfred's beyond despair at his condition. But if he hadn't turned up at all, Jim could actually possibly be dead. Very much so, because look at what he... With the situation that the police were in before he showed up, they... The mobsters they were cornering knew that the police were coming and they were ready to fight back and it was a fairly pitched battle. I mean, when something's under, when a structure's under siege, the ones who are sieging have the advantage because they just need to wait out the people who are in the structure. Mm. So they could have just waited for the mobsters to go through. But we saw that big green truck. They had their escape plan. So eventually it could have led to the mobsters escaping and the police raid amounting to nothing. And Jim Gordon in a more serious condition and other police officers in a more serious condition. So even though he didn't see the positive aspects of his presence, Batman did still swoop in and effectively help out the way that only he could. It's natural for someone with that kind of inferiority and that kind of depression to not see the benefits of their actions because something with such a strong detriment Mm -hmm. is there in the foreground. And it's a very natural and very relatable sort of response. Absolutely. So we do see, and we do feel justified in following Batman's opinions with this. Yeah. It's a wonderful piece of writing from Michael Reeves. And again, the direction from Boyd Kirkland in this episode is is absolutely beautiful. But it's it's right from the beginning. This obviously is clearly a, a year since the story we last saw Leslie Tompkins in, because... This episode has all of Batman's um, support characters, really, the ones who actually mm. ha- are his backbone, his, his backup. Leslie, Alfred, Jim, and Dick. The yep. main, like, his exoskeleton, as it were. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first appearance of Barbara Gordon as well? Second. Because you missed oh, the one, yeah, because yes. you were away with the first one, yes. yes. This, this is the is second. A, this yeah. is a significantly more important appearance but it's good to see that she's still around yeah absolutely absolutely because obviously we see the beginning of the episode it's the anniversary it's been a year since he lost Leslie because he's got the rose he's going to lay it where his parents were killed and that was already he was feeling dark then the fact that he was there made him late to the bust and that made him feel worse but like I said he's still got there and I honestly believe because the villain Jimmy the Jazzman Fantastic! What a great crook! They're so gangster. It's not, not even funny. It's extra gangster when he takes the Tommy gun out of the violin oh, case absolutely. because I'm so glad you spotted that. I was going to mention that was lovely. Yeah, it's a lovely touch, and that's probably where I get the jazz man name from. And it's such a like old timey black and white gangster movie thing that I yes. don't think actually happened during like high end gangster times. But I don't know. It's become part of the it's gangster become a, it's folklore. A Absolutely. And, well, obviously, if Batman hadn't been there, he would have got Jim, because his goal, and we we find that during the course of the episode, is he was just there to hell with his own goons. He was there to kill Gordon, and he comes so close. Close a couple of times. Close a couple of times, and that's a really dark thing to think about. But, yeah, um, Batman's intervention was there, but it's natural for someone who suffers like this to be blinkered to their own success. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We we frequently like you. You said it at the beginning of the episode. We're our own worst enemies sometimes, and I love the fact that 
Babs, Barbara could have been so different, but we already know from her first appearance, I'll give you a quick recap, that she does hold Batman in very high esteem because of what he's doing. And I love that whole image of this street kid who calls himself the wizard. And he's totally going the wrong way and then comparing him to Barbara. And he walks past this shop, which is all about Batman memorabilia. And to get Batman's own reaction, like he's become a cliche, he's become his own worst enemy, he's become a co comic book or a cartoon character. And it's really kind of deep. Yeah, it's like kind of metafictional and very self-referencing. Um, I suppose if you think about it from Batman's perspective, someone who devoted his life to this crusade to create this figure of fear to bring peace and justice to, his, to the streets of his city, to see something like that kind of cheapens his efforts. So it's a natural sort of response. I don't think he'd have taken it quite as heavily if he was if he wasn't going through this depressive yes. episode. But the fact that he re reacted that way is still like valid and justified. Oh, completely valid and justified. But then if you look at the end when he comes across the wizard again and when you come to that hero worship that Babs has for him, I actually then turned around and thought, well, that shop might not embody the figure of darkness, the figure of terror, the figure of vengeance that he wants to portray, but he does also inspire hope. Yes. And seeing that little kid standing there, hands on hips, with his cape and putting his mask on, wanting to be Batman, that, I think, should inspire Batman even more, rather than yeah, negate I think, his efforts. I think the trick was he didn't particularly see it. Yeah. He saw the shop itself. He saw something that he never expected and never intended. It's somewhat similar to the opening montage of the movie The Dark Knight, where we see yes. those dudes in the hockey Absolutely. pads and the shotguns. Yeah. Because they are fake copies. They are mm. bad imitations. They're not Batman. Yes. When it comes around to Heath Ledger's Joker kidnapping one of them, mm. are you the real Batman? No. Then why do you dress up like him? Because he's a symbol. Yeah. They're respecting the efforts that he goes to, mm. the importance of his work. They see that sort of light side but he has got himself in this emotional state where he doesn't see the good he's doing mm -hmm. he's seeing the absences in his life he's seeing the absence of his parents and he's seeing the absence of his intervention that could have helped his friend even though his actions brought justice and uh, saved the majority of the police oh absolutely and in the end I still believe that if he hadn't been there Jim would have been dead but mm. What do you think of the way that when Jim wakes up, it helps him on the road to recovery because Jim says, we never give up, we never stop fighting, you were there for me. And then the wizard, the kid at the end, who Batman honestly believes he's failed and collars again and pulls him away from the bus line, much the same way he does when he first counters in the alley. And the kid tells him, well, no, actually, you've opened my eyes and I'm going to go back to my own hometown and get out of this place. I know it's only a line of, of a corner of a mouth raising, but did you not feel yeah. Batman finally think, well, actually, God, maybe I am doing something right? It was a combination of lots of positive reinforcement yeah. just to get him out of that bad mental state, which is a common like treatment for clinical depression. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think the thing that started it most 
was the strong visual when we remember what he said about wanting to save Jim because Jim would be the same age as yeah, Thomas Wayne would. That was so deep. That was so deep and really heavy. And something I, the kind of numbers that I had honestly never thought about, yeah, but make total sense when you yeah. put them in that context. Absolutely, because it makes me also think of um, Ben Affleck's line in Batman Superman: "I'm older now than my father ever was," which is a hard thing to have yes. to say. Um, when we have that knowledge of context in our heads and we see a man with a revolver and a, and a woman jumping to save another man mm-hmm. and that well there in, in, dis, in the distance. Well spotted. It's such a very obvious sort of visual callback Beautiful. and unlike the one crime he wished he could have prevent, he is there on hand to yes. prevent it. Then hearing Jim Gordon's gratitude and stalwart nature conferring back to him that he is still heroic mm-hmm. and hearing that his actions though very like unintentional and almost minimalist because mm-hmm. the thing he did with this wizard kid was very sort of slap on the wrist but that's just Batman's nature but to see that it took so quickly yeah all of that thing added up to a positive conclusion really positive conclusion and it's wonderful I'm so glad you spotted that it's... real mirroring of that night mm-hmm. in, in Crime Alley that was brilliant son absolutely brilliant because that this night this time nobody died yeah poor old Jim came close but this time nobody died and that has got to be the most positive um, reinforcement of his mission he could possibly get I think to quote a different hero that we both love and respect when we know that a heroic act is good is not when nobody dies it's when everybody lives yes Fantastic. Just this once, everybody lives. Absolutely brilliant. Now, obviously, we have to talk about the supporting characters, and obviously, Jazzman is one of those straight out of a Cagney movie um, gangsters. Brilliant character, but what is it with his awful musical puns? Time to pay the piper, and okay, Gordon, time to face the music. Was that intentional? Is that why he's called the Jazzman? Or was I'll it just be, really clever writing? I'll be perfectly honest, I completely missed those. <laughs> those. Those did not occur to me at all. Those are just fairly sort of like fake insidious sort of things to say. Yeah. I didn't see the musical side of that. Now that's really bad. Um... <laughs> I think that to me just stood out for me from the get-go. No, he just seemed like a fairly striking-looking, but still quite on-the-nose gangster. Mob, gangster mobster type. So I didn't really put that together, but yeah, okay. Between that and carrying the Tommy gun in the violin case, yes. which I think a Tommy gun's probably too big for a violin case, or maybe it's a viola or a different string instrument. I don't, I don't use it. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't pick up on no, that. No, I really didn't. Oh, that was good. Fantastic. That was that was. I mean, I, I had to point that out. And as to uh, the young criminal who realizes the error of his ways, and we both sort of like did a double take when we were looking at the credits for this episode. Um, Wizard is played by Seth Green. Yes, the Seth Green of. Austin Powers and Robot Chicken fame and obviously many many other things as well but they're the first two that spring to mind and he must have been like what 10 when this came out I think, he must, I think he must have been it was like one of his first few voice acting careers from yeah. what I was looking at on IMDB yeah. and he's been around for a while at this point yeah. but I think it was this into a couple of other things into a few years break into Austin Powers yeah. so 
he was just sort of there, I guess. And as good as Robot Chicken and Austin Powers are, I will always know him for crushing Will Wheaton a couple of times on tabletop. Oh, of course. Yes. Yes. Yes, readers, listeners, we do our research on this show so much. Um, Right, so, as I said, a deeply emotional episode, but also a great character one. We always do this every week. The things that stood out, your high points, your low points, the things that you really took away from I Am The Night. It was a very personal episode, as someone who can relate to the suffering. He goes through... um, like in terms of similar sort of feelings I'm doing as well now as I've ever been and it's a very good thing because I'm keeping myself active and things that I love and I'm in a good support system so I could really feel that dread and I still get that feeling when I look at some of the stuff I make be it on the microphone for YouTube or my writing Mm -hmm. I start to wonder with that sort of similar imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. so it's a very relatable thing but it's so affirming when we see Batman centre himself back into his cause and his quest and we see him sort of centre himself again and it was that beautiful contemplative moment because you've been you've been there with me mm. I don't think I've been ever at personal peace more than looking out over the New York City skyline oh, in the dead of night what a moment just the distant chatter of other tourists and the tur the traffic down below us the hoot, hooting of the, the car horns drifting up into the night yep and the constellations of street lamps and other buildings down below yeah that's a high point in my life and something I want to go back to for as often as I possibly can so it was a quite a personal moment to see Batman get that kind of yeah. level of peace right at the end of the episode yep. from a similar sort of view yep absolutely because that view that we got, that peaceful, tranquil view of almost having a moment of peace and order with all the chaos that was going down below, it was a real cathartic moment for all of us, I think. And the fact that Batman gets those views every night on his nightly patrols has got to be a powerful, powerful thing. It's It really must be, just to see the scope of everything and everyone you survey and protect in a way. But I think... There may have been some things leading up to this and up to the memorial of his uh, parents passing where he started to wonder if he was really doing enough. Yeah. As particularly at the beginning of the episode when he saw that Penguin was acquitted. Um, From a couple of episodes back, yes. Yeah. We see him sort of doubt himself so much that maybe taking in the sublime nature of that immense cityscape beneath you sort of lost lost its wonder. So it took a lot of reaffirmation of his beliefs to get back to that place it's great in a way because what i got is again this series does so much in 20 minutes that this was one night in batman's life and rather than a battle against the joker or the penguin or two-face like he says um or, or or a lucky punk i do believe that this could have been the hardest night we've seen batman go through in this series to date and more because of the fight, the internal struggle he was battling rather than anything that's gone on the outside. Because, as you said, at the beginning of the episode, he is doubting himself. He's tired physically and emotionally. But he still gets to that warehouse, takes out those goons. I still believe he saved Jim's life, even though he was feeling that way. And that is inspirational. Truly heroic. Truly heroic. When he wanted to give up, he still didn't. Hmm. And that perseverance 
paid off because at the end he found out well hey yeah I'm making a difference after all even if it's one kid on the street even if it's Jim Gordon making me up and saying partner you're here we keep fighting no matter what oh, amazing truly amazing amazing episode loved it any other thoughts this was just a deeply personal episode that's really sat with me that I want to hang on to we both drew a breath at the end of that one, didn't we? Yeah, we usually leave these episodes as giddy little fanboys. Yeah. Because we watched a different uh, TV show this morning with a masked with a masked hero and a yes. small but plucky <laughs> childlike God, companion. I love that program. Yeah, it's good. Much more cosmic. We're not going to name drop any more names. But um, yeah, that's the sort of show that leaves us as shouting at the air giddy fanboys. This... <sighs> sat us down and made us think and made us feel which is not something you'd ever get from Saturday morning TV media nope. anymore unless you're nope. like going for queer readings on certain things which is justified but still it's heavy but still life affirming oh without a doubt because I know so many other pieces of media that talk about this kind of mental health issue mm-hmm. and it's just such a drag that, yeah. that I personally try to avoid. Sometimes you actually end up feeling worse yeah. at the end of those. And yeah. this one, because it was heavy. It was very heavy. It was dark, but I actually came out feeling better. Much better, so affirmed. Yeah. Such a hard thing to do. Amazing. Uh, uh, like you said, this is a 20-minute Saturday morning cartoon. Wow. Yeah. It was a 20-minute Saturday morning cartoon that could make us feel better about our existential presence then mm-hmm. that's there's nothing like it and the icing on the cake it's still making us feel that way 30 years after the event and that's amazing just shows how relevant it is and always will be I actually do think again it's ahead of its time because the focus on emotional issues mental health back then was sorely lacking it's only really coming to the forefront today and this did it close to 30 years ago. Yeah. Incredible. Ahead of its time and speaking truths that ought to be spoken. Doing heroic deeds that ought to be done because who else will? Just like Batman. Pagliashi the Clown. Depressed. Oh, go see Pagliashi the Clown. He'll make you laugh. But I am Pagliashi. Oh. Amazing. Well, um, people, honestly, if you're feeling down, watch this episode because I think it might put a little bit of sunshine into your life the same way it did Batman's um, nothing else to say um, I do believe this series was titled and named after one of the very very best Batman the Animated Series episodes if it wasn't then that's fine we can hold on to the significance of this episode in our hearts and just as a point of personal motivation and yep. charge to a spirit when we need it just like when Batman needed it well said son well said Right, so let's uh, close off as we always do. Adam, let the multiverse know where they can see you, hear you, and read your work. For Batman-flavoured things, simply look to Dark Knight News. I review many titles a month. Some of them are going away, which will make me, <laughs> which will make me cry every time. But I have faith that new and grand titles will rise from the ashes. But I am not done there. Catwoman's current run is absolutely excellent. Yes. For... Things flavoured about my one true love, tabletop and PC gaming. You can find me on ourbabyfantasticuniverses.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at IsItTinkerer, where you'll find me complaining about losing said PC games <laughs> and general ramblings and musings of whatever's polluting my mind. To hear my dulcet tones with 
dear friends playing said games, you can follow my Dungeons and Dragons replays on Ordinary Heroes on YouTube, and you can find my PC games with some university friends on the Hostile Atmosphere on YouTube. And for the finest details of Dungeons and Dragons writing, Ooh, yeah. look to my many monsters and hmm. location spots on Apotheosis Studios' blog. So many creatures. As for me, just type Fantastic Universes or Steve J. Ray into your search engine of choice to come across all my written work. To hear more from me, there's this wonderful show every week with my buddy Adam, my boy, my pal, my boy Wonder, and obviously the main DC Comics News podcast, which also has many other wonderful shows, Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast, and the Spinner Rack 2, and a couple more shows in the pipeline. You can catch this show, those shows, on Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Play. You can catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube. Uh, as for me, please talk to me on Twitter at lstevo, E-L underscore S-T-V-E-O. But until you do, just remember that here's Adam Ray. Here's the night. Together we are the night. And this has been the I Am The Night podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time, read more comics. And watch more Batman. Batman.